This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's Haber Middle Middlecoff on YouTube and in your podcast feed. I'm Guy, that's John. And we are brought to you by our friends at Tito's. They sponsor this show. Tito's. Handmade vodka, belly up to the bar, have it at your house, bring it to somebody else's house. You'll always be the hero. Tito's and Soda, Cam Inman, I ran into our boy Cam yesterday, John, said we're in his top three podcasts, go-to podcast is this show, covered the Niners for a quarter century. Go Mustangs. Big big Tito's and Soda guy, Cal Poly, Tito's handmade vodka. Do we have a Tito's toast today, John? I, I know I do. Fire away. John, a Tito's toast to old Jerry Jones. And when I say old, I don't mean old. He's 81. But I just mean like old Jerry Jones, who's just swinging that axe, trying to win a championship. And um, he doesn't hold grudges. That's what I respect about Jerry. Mike McCarthy lied to him in his introductory uh, interview process, said, I watched every snap of the 2019 season, Jerry. And Ed Werder stood up in the first press conference and said, Mike, what'd you learn? And Mike goes, well, actually, I lied. <laughs> I just wanted the job, Jerry. And Jerry was like, uh, four years later, no Super Bowls delivered, not even close, not holding it against Mike that he's unprepared, not holding it against Mike that he doesn't win in the postseason, not holding it against Mike that he's a 12-win coach and nothing more. Somebody said to me yesterday, like, you can't fire him after 12. I said, well, you're never going to fire him then, John, because all he does is win 12 games then get bounced in the playoffs. So with Tito's toast to Jerry Jones, who is still swinging that pick, refuses to give up, loyal, uh, doesn't hold grudges, well, it looks, like Lurie, like, it looks like Lurie's going to do the same and say this. His coach is worse than Mike. Would you agree with that? Not even close, John. Yes. Because I was thinking will if, not be a well, if, Mike got fi- if Mike got fired, everyone thinks he's a village idiot because his, his standard's high, which isn't yeah. fair he loses yep. in the playoffs. But, like, would Dave Tepper die to have, you know, would the Atlanta Falcons want Mike McCarthy? Like, he's proven oh, yeah. to be pretty good. He's just obviously for the Cowboys or, and some of these teams. Here's another way to compare him to Sirianni. If nobody made him head coach, he'd immediately become one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Nick Sirianni. Mike. Mike, Mike would. Yeah. yeah. Nick Sirianni, whenever his time in Philly's done, is not going to be somebody else's OC. No, I know. So, if, if, let if alone somebody else's to, head coach. Well, to me, like, ultimately, Mike is like, I don't even think begging for his job is just Jerry. Like, do I want to go through a coaching search? I know this guy can call my offensive plays, and clearly I'm going to stick with Dak. My offensive plays. S- Sirianni has to go to you see Jeffrey he, with a plan. It's like, well, yeah. shouldn't half the team be like, well, listen, I'm former wide receiver. Fucking offense is my baby. Like McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur would never have to go to management. Like I got some ideas for offense. Like, no, that, that you are the idea for the offense. I, I think Sirianni that, that tweet, like the Mike thing, I, I it was crazy. It was an enormous story when you see he's being retained. Partly it's the Cowboys. I, I understand mostly Jerry. Yeah, it, it mostly it's the Cowboys. It's just the Cowboys. Jerry doesn't really want to go through the bells and whistles of a search. Like, I, I don't want to do five fake interviews to ultimately hire Belichick. Right, 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 I don't right. even feel that comfortable with Bel- That's why I kind of get it. 
the Sirianni <laughs> thing is outrageous. I, I, I really, when you kind of like all the variables, like ultimately Mike's like, we're rolling everyone back. That won't happen again. And it's like, well, you know, we were at home, big favorite. It's like the Eagles. I think the Eagles are in way worse shape than the Cowboys. Cause at least like you would, you would pencil the Cowboys to be another 12 wins and be in the playoffs. Right. That's I, I right. They're they're, gonna, they're, they'll, they'll be the favorite to win that division next year. Right. Over the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, and I they, the Eagles and, got major problems. Well, Dallas problem is not like, like they, their offense works, their defense works. I know their defense didn't work the other day, but for the most part, the defense works, their offense works. They score a bunch yeah. of points, they stop teams, they get after the quarterback, they win games, they go to the playoffs. Beside that game against the Packers, for the most part, they play hard. Yeah, they play hard. Yeah, I mean, Philly, now the difference between Philly and Dallas is Howie Roseman. Like, Philly has been in a situation, Philly's been painted into a corner before. Like, we got this Carson Wentz contract. We we just got rid of a Super Bowl coach. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, they um, they have shown, but like, is he going to be able to get out of two historic quarterback contracts or pivot off or get Jalen Hurts better? Their problem is, their fundamental problem is, if he solves the pro- if Nick says, I got the guy, it's Brian Greasy, whatever, I don't know. And Brian Greasy comes and fixes the Eagles' why, offense. Why wouldn't I mean, it's going to be someone like that. Like, what are his options? But they're going to be back here again in a year or two years if they hire the right guy. If they hire the right OC, that OC is going to want to become a head coach. Other people are going to want to hire him. And then, they got to make the same decision they didn't make last time, which was do we hire Steichen or Gannon and get rid of Sirianni? Well, if he hired, let's just use Brian Greasy. That's an easy one because it feels like, it honestly, feels like Slowick's going to be a head coach. I mean, talk about a fucking really nice dude was at PFF like four years ago. Now Chad, he's he was the, did you? I listened to Mike LaFleur today. He was on Sh- um, Schrager's podcast. Yeah. And he is said, that, you know, that's the Rams guy. That's not Matt, yeah, is the Packers. Correct. And he said Bobby was the. He was the defensive quality control guy or something like that. This is like four, you know, five years ago. Um, and Kyle took him from Sala. Sala was pissed. And Kyle's line was, we can't waste a guy that smart on defense. So then he brought him <laughs> over to offense. <laughs> so then he brought him over to offense. And now, I mean, look at him. If they hire Bobby Slowick 2.0. So let's just use <clears throat> Brian Greasy. It could be Kubiak or whatever. Let's just say the Eagles hire someone from the Niners or the Rams. If Jalen Hurts then is in the MVP discussion next year, that guy is immediately interviewing what for 60% of the open jobs? That, they have that to fire Sirianni. They ha- you got to have to fire Sirianni and, and just hire that person. I think you'd have to. Jeffrey Lurie is just using Sirianni as like a search firm. Like, hey, just go bring me all the best coaches <laughs> you can find. <laughs> <laughs> kind of genius. <laughs> it is kind of genius. It, 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 if you promote your head coach from within, do you still have to do all the rules? I guess Mark Davis. Yeah, because the Raiders it. are doing them. Yeah, yeah. But did you know, like the the Patriots didn't. It was in writing, and he was a minority candidate. But AP is a minority candidate. But right, it was. I somebody said that they, they had, had, they had done it with the league office last year, which is pretty funny, right? Like just coach and waiting, basically. Well, they, they there were the reports league. that like. Uh, I read a couple articles would be strong headlines and heard people <laughs> mention on podcasts that like Mayo was kind of rogue this year. Oh, he just walked around like I can fucking do whatever I want. I'm the next head coach, you know? So people were like kind of, he was rubbing people the wrong way. Don't totally blame him. Like, yeah, this Titanic's uh, sinking. I, I got another boat over here, buddy. I got some, th- I got some things I would you know, change he's, like, here. Bill. Best friends with everyone thinks that like all the Belichick's are fired. Like Steve Belichick is one of his best friends. Like he legitimately like is tight with Steve. 
Not Bill. I he's tied with Bill too, but Steve. Well, Deuce Gruden wasn't fired when John Gruden was. You still well, you don't see the playoffs started. But like when the Raiders typically play during the regular season, Deuce is still roaming around. Do you know Josh Dubow, our buddy from the Associated Press? I well, saw him I don't know if you've what? seen some clips. I saw it on Twitter within the last week. There was a in the courtroom Gruden with his oh, lawyer. I saw. You know, that, so it's John LeConfident. I think there's litigation, a lot of connections, you know. John LeConfident. Um I, I think he knows when I you're already rich and, and you're going to take them down, and it's on principle, it's the the money aspect is so tiny. It's about I'm fucking I, I'm gonna I will not stop. I will not rest until this I is win. the purpose of my life now. <laughs> did you I see Albright? Watching. Albright like a couple weeks ago did what coaches and and he did like Raiders AP and then in parentheses he put Gruden question mark. No, I didn't see that. I think he's coming back. Maybe not this year, but I think he's coming back. Um, our boy Josh Dubow from the Associated Press told me yesterday that if the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl this year, Andy and Mahomes would hold the record for most wins by a coach-quarterback combo in Allegiant Stadium. At like four. <laughs> I was like, bro, how prepared are you? <laughs> Where does he get these nuggets? Uh, that's what I said. Uh, that's what I asked him, actually. So they're probably lucky it won't happen, but I, I would imagine they get a win next year. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into a couple things, John. Tito's handmade vodka distilled in bottle in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. I mean, we've already started getting into things, but uh, I was not, I did not, um, I did not realize it was Mark Chamora who made some comments on local radio, not sure which radio station it was, somewhere up in the uh, Finger Lakes. Probably doing he, pretty good numbers, Packer Talk, right now. Yeah, I guess. And uh, he said, hit Brock Purdy, get a 15-yard penalty on a quarterback hit early in the game. Was yeah. it more colorful than that? I barely watched the yeah, I, I, it, it was basically be willing to take, like, early on in the game to set the tone, take a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. Do, do you remember the play? It was Alabama-Michigan and Harbaugh's fullback took the Alabama guy, drove him to the ground, and then like headbutted him and got a penalty. And oh. and then Michigan's one of the least penalized teams in, in the sport. And I remember immediately thinking like I I would imagine he was told by the running coach, maybe Jim, like we're setting the tone that the big bad SEC guys were equally as tough. Like we're not acting like we're the toughest guy in the block, but we are not fucking intimidated by you. And when I saw the reaction to this not that I'm surprised. How do you think football people talk? This is a violent sport. What were the Ravens' mindset against Brock Purdy? We're going to fuck you up. Now, the the verbiage when it comes from a coach of kill the body, the head will die. Yeah, you get a year suspension. What do you think's being said in the meeting rooms with Chris Kasarek about Jordan Love? Tackle him softly. Make sure he hits the ground lightly. Jordan. Now, remember, Dre, under no circumstances... Right, this is Green football. <laughs> this is what we're watching. A violent freaking game where when you hit the quarterback and hit him hard, you tend to win. So I, I, I thought the reaction now, you know, Chamorro's got a past. It's like, I, how do you think any of these people talk? You know, and, and listen, I, I get it. If it were a reaction, if it's just some talking head. This is a guy that was part of some pretty uh, violent battles with the Cowboys and the Niners back when, you know, CTE was running strong. So my, my reaction of, 
how do you think the 49ers are talking behind closed doors about Jordan Love? Just give him time. Let him see if he can beat us straight up. Or do you think we're going to fucking pelt this guy? We're going to hit him into oblivion. We're going to hit him so hard. Like, that's, that's how football people talk. Here, here was the exact I, quote. Just let me. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. A 15-yard penalty, and I don't condone this, but I kind of do in the playoffs. A 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy is not a bad thing as long as it's worth it. Yeah, he didn't say knock him out of the game. He just said, let him know we're here. All thought, day, baby. I actually thought the quote was tame. Because I I didn't I didn't like immediately see the quote and then start seeing reaction. I saw reaction and then went and watched the quote yesterday, and I yeah. thought it was tamer than I, I thought. When you get like former player, local radio, you take get, his like, knee, rip it apart, shatter the other ankle. Yeah, you get like you on got, the dirty. <laughs> you guys gonna think I'm crazy, but I say break him in half. I want to see Sam Darnold in this game. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he didn't. Get, he didn't get even get knock him out crazier. of the game. He just said <laughs> hit him hard. He said get a 15 yard penalty. Which again, it's internet reaction. Most football people go yeah like. As as we keep going on in the playoffs, what's going to happen? It's going to get more violent, right? Like, how, wh- what do you think Mike McDonald and the Ravens defense has talked about this week playing C.J. Stroud? I mean, the, the Niners and the Ravens are two good examples. Make sure they're he the never bull. forgets the day that he they're played the at MTCD <laughs> Bank Stadium. <laughs> they're the they're the bullies of the NFL playing two of the apples of everybody's eye right now at quarterback. And this is the way these people talk. And I would say it's way tampered down from the football. If you're RH, the football, and just the sports in general that we grew up loving the way their coaches talk about violence, injuries, and that's what made us fall in love with what we were watching. So it's like, I'd argue it's, we're watching the PG version of all this stuff now. Yeah, I mean, you really don't feel like you're watching that same football. I went back and watched. There was a clip today in my timeline of a Lynn Swan catch, Terry Bradshaw to Lynn Swan, and uh, in a Super Bowl, and um, Lynn Swan gets mugged ten yards down the field, like just two forearm, bam! He like comes off the guy, gets down the sideline, makes a sweet catch. I'm like, I don't even recognize that football anymore, right? Well, well there there was a play in the Rams game. Who, oh, Collinsworth. And he goes, which, why can Tariko do a doubleheader, but Chris can't? Like, I, <laughs> no I would get for the Allen. It is, I will say it's pro. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm maybe they wanted to get Garrett in. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, but that's a whole nother discussion. Like, props to Tariko. Like, he's Tariko, doing a maybe Tariko just doesn't say no. They're like, all right, Chris, we're going to, we're going to, Mike, we're going to give you the day. You know, they tell Chris they off. Chris, like, all right. They tell Mike they off. And Mike's like, no, I'm not letting no yeah. Eagle do this game. Yeah, play-by-play guys. Never give up the mic. No. Chris is like, shit, I'll, I'll fly me up the next day. But Puka goes over the middle. And in Chris's mind, I don't blame him, just a football player, like going over the middle as a wide receiver in the sport of football takes balls. In fairness to Collinsworth, he went over the middle. Ronnie Lott was there ready to just hand him CTE on a platter. I mean, that's you, this is where Brady and some of these guys get defensive of, like, you don't understand. I'm not allowed. It's why I defended. Remember the Saturday game when Michael Pittman got killed against the Steelers and Gardner yeah. Minshew just threw, a, as everyone in football, a hospital ball. Yeah. And it's like they they, they kicked out Casey for, for the, the year. Yeah. Who's He's going to hit him, and then he has to leap because the pass is so shitty. you know. And it's like the, the quarterback's like, oh, yeah, no, no big – like he gets zero responsibility. And Puka goes over the middle, and he's like, he didn't get alligator arms. 
Well, the, the two DBs, none of them leaped. They waited till he gets down. It's actually way less violent. You know they can't hit you. And if they do get hit, they either are getting tossed out of the game and you're getting a free 15 yards. So it's like, what can the defensive linemen even really do? Like, body slam them maybe, I guess. But how often do we even see that? It's hard to get a free rush. I mean, it's not even... It, it sounds way crazier even to someone that's offended by that, which I think is a tiny, minuscule little bit of a population. But it's harder to actually execute that, right? Your coordinator, who, let's face it, Packer fans want to run out of town. I mean, they can't stand Joe Barry. Isn't exactly Vic Fangio in his prime here. So are you getting some, like, unreleased looks, you know, of guys running free? Not many. I think it's actually be crazier, like, hit their offensive players harder but it's like okay what are you gonna do fucking try to truck Debo fuck you up we're gonna do run over Kittle run over McCaffrey I mean you can't catch Ayuk like your defense stinks he's talking like yeah we had Reggie White I mean that's who he had right (laughs) that's probably how it happened easier with Reggie White it's a little harder for their group uh, not that we do the show uh, directly to just react to chat comments, but but not surprisingly, John, people think we're missing the point. We don't understand. Um, I, I took what Chamora said as a 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock's not, as bad, not a bad thing as long as it's worth it. Does As long as it's worth it to you mean hurt him? To me, it just, it, what it meant was you got to get in his dome. That's what as long as it's worth it meant to me. Like, you got to rattle him. That's how, how I took somebody, that. Though? Like, uh, like well, you know. You know, blinds, you know, just like you can you can cut it loose on a blindside hit when a guy's just like there is standing there and the play is long over and you come and hit him in the, you know, use your helmet in the, the small of his back. Right. I don't think we're talking like any given Sunday level. I don't think he's talking any given Sunday level cheap shots here. I think he's talking. Don't be afraid to get a 15 yard penalty. That's what he said. I, I think he's saying get in the I, guy's I, I, dome, not I, put him on a stretcher. How do you I, just answer that question, though? Is he saying get in the guy's dome or put him on a stretcher? Because those are two different things, I think. Getting the guys don't. Like, I, I thought it was the tamest comments ever when you actually read it or listen to them. The other thing is the 49ers literally hang their hat on, like, putting guys in the blue tent. And everyone celebrates it. Like, part of the celebrate. The 49ers aren't, like, the greatest show on turf. I mean, they kind of have been since Brock Purdy. But their whole thing over the Shanahan era is like, they will fucking hurt you. And everyone's like, hell yeah! Hell Yeah! And then it's like, they're going to hit Purdy. Leave him alone, guys. Leave him alone. Like, I, now, the Packers are an awful defense, and Detroit's not great either, though Hutchinson versus McKivitz would be a problem. Let's face it, the number one conversation would be if they play the Ravens in the Super Bowl, can Purdy look better against that defense? Are they too physical and too talented for him? Like, that's one of the, wouldn't you say that's one of the lead conversations of the football game? It's not going to be like, I don't take the Packers defense very seriously. Honestly, don't take the Lions defense that seriously either, beside some of their front. They're actually, I think, one of the best run defenses in the league, which not sneaky, something that kind of out there elephant in the room, like problem for Kyle if the run game's not working, right? I mean, his whole offense, we've seen before, if you can stop the run. Now, their pass defense sucks, but when you stop the run, it really flusters old Kyle, right? (laughs) But they're not the most physical team either relative to like what we witnessed for versus the Ravens, but you can't celebrate crushing people, putting them into the blue tent and be like, you don't mess with green law. You don't mess with Bosa. And then be like, that is such a, then everyone getting up in arms over Chumura saying to like, take a 15 yard penalty. 
like I said with the Michigan Alabama thing, he clearly did that on purpose to kind of set the tone. Like, like as Mike Singletary once said in that NFL films, we're here all day, baby. Like, I mean, that's this is this is a violent sport. I mean, this is even as we regulate the violence to keep the quarterbacks healthy. If you cross the line, the guy will get thrown out of the game, right? So there is a balance. They only have so many good players on the team, right, to begin with. I mean, how many of their defensive starters would you say are, like, above average? Like, four? So it's like, can Kenny Clark afford to get tossed out of the game? Of course not, right? So there's a balance. How about like, having Mark Chamorro th- the, whole 40, a- the whole 49ers thing is, like, going to be to hit love and hit him and hit him hard, right? You can't just let him just run around. It's my having, kind of party. How about having uh, Mark Chamorro on as a football analyst? You know, I producer books him. Says, "Hey, John, we got Chamorro coming on today." Would wouldn't shock me though if he's like a, a like a consistent person on the show. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing a headset. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and do some serious research. Well, that's exactly what the, you would do. You'd be like, uh, uh, "Hold on, let me do some googling." <laughs> Is this appropriate? Wasn't it the babysitter? Yes, acquitted. Acquitted, but. You know, yeah. I mean, like I said, have to do some googling. Um, anyway, Dana Stubblefield used to be on a lot of Niner stuff until he wasn't, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, was oh, I was gonna say the other thing is it, it just kind of it highlights you know Brock's value that this guy thinks you have to the way to beat the 49ers is to try and rattle Brock Purdy because it it reflects um, this quote here from Devonte Wyatt. Who said when uh, when D linemen just get pressure on Purdy, he's always thrown off, or it's behind them, or it's overthrown, or it's short. When you get pressure on him, it's a guarantee we'll get a turnover. Um, the 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 numbers, like the pressure completion percentage numbers, don't properly reflect. They don't reflect that that Brock's pretty good against pressure relative to like just what quarterbacks do against pressure. Really good against the Blitz. One of the best quarterbacks in the league against the Blitz. Second best completion percentage. Most touchdowns, Brock, against the Blitz this year in the league. This, this defense is kind of feeling themselves after Justin Fields and Dak Prescott two back-to-back weeks. Like, guys, pump the brakes. You guys have been an embarrassment all season long. I do think the Niners cover this week. And I know we talked about the danger of that, but there's the Niners have not talked like this at all. They've been Chris Forster yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, said that after the Week 18 game, with the Rams, he texted some of his buddies on the Rams staff. He's the Niners O-line coach and said, Hey, congrats. And they said to him, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And he said back to them, I don't think so. I think we're going to see the Packers. Like he thought the Packers were going to beat the Cowboys and that they'd be in this game. He, he, he said they've been playing pretty well, which is pretty telling for the Cowboys. <laughs> what about Kyle is like, when you start getting ready, he's like, Oh, second quarter. Amazing. We're all working on everything. And then I was like, Oh, fuck it. Yeah. No, they are. I mean, I understand why they're feeling themselves. They are hot right now. Green Bay's hot just as a team. Jordan Love's hot. Yeah. They're hot. Well, the, the offense is really hot. To me, the defense, a little manipulate. I mean, Justin Fields can't throw. Give Listen, they missed on they missed on Trey. Thank God they didn't take Mac. They did get Fields right. He can't play from within the pocket. He's an awful thrower within the pocket, and you can't function, right? And that's why a lot of people that final week, it was kind of – you know, the Packers had to win that game to get in, right? And I would say a lot of people were like, I, the Bears on the road. It's like, 
Well, have you listen? Say what you want about the Packers. Like their offense is playing really well. The Bears cannot score. Like they, this, this is not going to work. And it gets that they had nine points. And last week, I mean, Dak was hideous. He was awful. That first half, his stats and the final score of the game do not do justice what we witnessed in that first half. He he was worse than any Niner game the last two years. I mean, he could have thrown five picks. The one he, the pick six, he hit the guy in stride. The other pick, the Brandon Cooks, that Jair Alexander wasn't even close, throwing like a 50-50 ball to your to your small receiver. If you just watched that game, you'd be like, Dak Prescott versus Brett Favre in this prime. Like the other guy, and I know they had some touchdowns where there was guys wide open, but that was, to me, that was more about offense than defense. Like Dak was just horrendous. Like the ball was, like if I wanted to defend McCarthy, it's not like McCarthy was like, yeah, throw it right there. I mean, that was just a, you could say, put that on the player more than anyone else. Now the defense was lifeless. And in fairness to Mike, that's, you know, their $5 million defensive coordinators, baby. Well, I'd say the deep ball pick, like that, those are picks that they throw all the time. Dak throws a ton of 50-50 balls, lollipops. And, you know, the second one was the, it's kind of, that one iced the game. That was as bad as it got for them. Remember, he almost threw another one in the end zone. Oh. Maybe on that drop, was it that, the, the next, the first drive of the second half. I don't remember. I remember which watching, drive it was. thinking there were the two picks, and there were at least a couple other ones that were like legitimate pickable balls. I'm not Mike McCarthy sucks guy. I am. They can't win in the playoffs, guy, because their operations not buttoned down enough. And Dak's a part of that. Like Dak's loosey goosey. Their whole thing's a little loosey goosey. But that that was the thing to me. Like ultimately, let's face it. In that game, Forrester saying, and maybe it just turned out to be an awful matchup because if you can really score against the Packers, you know, if Dak's not perfect, they're fucked. But the Packers showed up. They they just, let's face it, didn't have any pressure. And they were massive underdogs. I mean, they're, I mean, the difference between the two games, right? What are they? They were seven and a half. What's this number right now? 10. So, I mean, they, they have been enormous underdogs, kind of playing with house money. Uh, and they showed up loose and tried hard immediately. Like, that's not going to work here. You know, the 49ers at least shouldn't. I mean, you never know. It's sports. Things Weird things can happen have just proven they don't get tight like Dallas can immediately, at least in the first couple rounds. You know, I mean, it it happened a couple years ago, but Jimmy was the quarterback, and that Ram, that Rams game was kind of weird. But that, that whole season was kind of weird. Like this yeah. version of Purdy, uh, they just they just play looser. Part of it is because they're more explosive on offense, and when you're more explosive on offense, even if you're looking kind of shitty at any moment, you get a 40-yard play, it kind of loosens everyone up. That, that's a huge – like you could go three and out. Like let's say this. The game, they go three and out. They get the ball first. They go three and out. Punt. Who gets the ball first? The Niners, three and out. The Packers score. What, what if the Packers take it? I think Packers taking the ball. Or the Niners are deferring. Okay, good point. So, okay, let's say first drive of the game. Packers just go down the field and score. Yeah. Like their offense stays hot. And then the Niners go three and out. And you're right. like, well, they get... Well, it's like, no, let the game settle down. Then you get a stop. Then all of a sudden, you know, on your third drive, maybe you hit Debo for a 50-yard play in the fucking play. It, it just can loosen say, up say, say the Packers get the ball, kick a field goal, 10 nothing. Now we go, okay. Like, to me, it'd be like, all right, Brock, let's see. What do you got? Kyle, what do you got, right? 10 nothing was starting to feel a little good. Because the one thing you saw this in the Cowboy game, and this is the playoffs, this is a lot like the NCAA tournament. You know, someone scores first, 7 nothing. Once you get the two-score... I don't care if it's first quarter. You just go in the back of your head. You realize this is not week 14. You know, it's like every, you are one pick away from being like, 
17. You know, just I think you got to be very careful in these playoff games. 7 nothing, whatever, or 14-7. I, I think the moment you get two scores, you are a fuck-up away. Could just be like, remember, McCaffrey's fumble. Who knows? You know, well, it's just yeah, something can at, happen. Sorry, I mean, look at like the I'd be Rams. shook too. 10, 10 nothing, 7 nothing's fine. Two scores to me is – because that, that starts bringing in Moody, right? Because if you don't it's, score it in, in the red zone, then he's got to kick field goals. It, I think like, you said it. You nailed it. It just – it makes it so you can't make mistakes. Like, I think the Rams and the Washington and the uh, Washington Huskies played similar games, right? Rams get down. You're like, uh, is Detroit about to blow these guys out? And then they score again, and they're like right back in it. Same thing with UW. But you're just constantly – unless you're going to suddenly start getting stops – then you're constantly playing catch up. And I think that's one thing with the Niners is they, a lot of times they're like in this position where you're like, are they about to go down 14 to nothing? And then they get a stop on the five yard line or they, they force the team to kick a field goal and then they score a touchdown and you go, all right, it's 10, seven. They do that a ton. Like situationally, they're really good at keeping at like cutting off a wound before it, before you bleed out. They're excellent at that. True. They and stop the blowouts thing, from happening. Well, the other thing they have going for them is that on any given play, Fred, Greenlaw, Charveria, they can have a pick, they can force a fumble, they can create a turnover. So, like, when's the last time this kid fucking threw an interception? <laughs> I mean, it's been a Jordan while. Love? Well, he's got one yeah. in the last nine, 21 touchdowns, one pick the last nine games. I don't know when that one pick was. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about a, a team right now that's – they're just not turning the ball over. <laughs> so uh, his last interception was the Giants December 11th. So you're talking well over a calendar month. And, and that's the only pick he's thrown since November 12th, Pittsburgh. And, and when you watch him, it does back up. Like it doesn't feel lucky. Like he, he feels like he's playing at a really high level. And the other thing you would say is this is going to test the the other corners obviously Charver is going to get tested too but I'm just saying they, they have they have a wave of guys right they have Reed they have Dobbs Watson came back last week who can fly they got multiple tight ends like they, they do have offensive weaponry they can run so it's just you know they're Ambry Thomas like that you know all the safeties in space even if Charvarius is, has an elite game, just takes like the, well, they got multiple guys they can throw on the other side, running around whoever the Niners are throwing out there. Yeah, Jason Barrett's already out for the season, so it won't be him. No. And what and what happens? You know, Dante Whitner, Pop asked him or Lund asked him. I heard it yesterday when I was in the car. Like, which would you go with Logan Ryan or Jair Brown? If they're both, who do you start? And Whitner said, "I was a little surprised." He, well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. He. he he said Logan Ryan. He's like, I go with the vet, a rookie in a playoff game. A rookie can make a big mistake. And my I, my reaction was, I, you know, Dante, I, I got to go with the more talented guy who you're invested in, right? This guy yeah. is supposed to be the safety of your future. You got to play him in this playoff game, like especially in this one, right? If he'd been hurt for four weeks and you're bringing him back against the Ravens in the Super Bowl, maybe it's a little bit of a different animal. But in this game, this game should not be a one mistake game for the 49ers. It, it's it is so when he blows the coverage, he gives up a touchdown. Like to yeah, me, you should score 40 points. There is no world in which you lose this game because of one mistake. If it comes down to one mistake, then you made 10 other mistakes in this game. And you know, put yourself in that position where one thing beats you. Right. If Jake Moody misses the game winning field goal, like God, Jake Moody, goat, 
old goat, like bad, not good. Well, there's got to be 10 other things that went wrong in that game if it comes down to that. Purdy's throwing two picks. McCaffrey fumbles. Bosa's never getting any pressure, right? So yeah. I, I think you got to you, you got to roll with him. Um, now, but like, uh, but but he is in this. But but it is a legitimate. Like, okay, what's he? What are they gonna? What would? What is Matt Lafleur gonna try and do to this defense? You one hundred percent roll with him, but this is not a, a situation where he has a long hook. This isn't Bochy, right? This is the new age analytical elites. I mean, if he's struggling out there and they're flying around, you can go to the bullpen, right? But you you start yeah, the young not, guy. But it's not a bullpen. Like bullpen, the starter can't come back. Football, it's like yeah, you could they could share all the snaps. Well, exactly. Like they've been rotating he's getting, guards for two years. If it's like fourteen seven and he's given up both touchdowns and they're relentlessly attacking him, then just put the other guy in. But let's not act like Logan Ryan's Ed Reed in his prime. I mean, fuck, this guy was available for everyone. That's like you go with the young guy. He learned from the. He's going to be your starter for the next several years. The other thing is he's surrounded by other elite guys. He's got Dre. He's got Fred. He's got Charvarius. He's got the defensive line. Ambry has been making plays for years. Like I'm sorry. Like this is not Steve Kerr's NBA here. We run. We roll with young guys in the NFL. You're playing a team full of young guys. Is, aren't the Packers like talent? One of the youngest teams in NFL history. It, uh, yeah. If this is if and the Niners, if this is a Jimmy's and Joe's sport, which it is, right? The best teams have the best players by and large, like the best rosters, the best coaches too, but the best rosters. Then play your best Jimmys. Like he's one of your best Jimmys. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And to me, this is worth spending a lot of time on that side because it's fun, right? This Jordan Love red hot offense against, you know, an awesome defense. Ultimately, even if they score 25 points, to me, the Niners should be over 35. I mean, the the over under to get even odds, I finally figured it out because the way DraftKings does it is they give you a million different. They start at like 13 points and they go up to like 48 and they just, you know, you start. Get incredible odds, low points, and then obviously, you know, it kind of flips as you go. But to me, the 49ers should score at will. Like Kyle Shanahan should do to this defense what LaFleur just did to the Cowboys. And your defense should be good enough to just slow them down. I have a lot of respect for this group. Like you just, the, the Packers offense, in the sense of the Packers always have a solid offensive line and their skill guys just look. Pretty interesting. <laughs> like guys, the 49ers would want guys, the Cowboys would want like they got these guys are good. But to me, defensively, you know, I, Alexander's been banged up in and out of the lineup all year long. He missed a bunch of games and he got hurt last week. Uh, and he's one, clearly one of their best players. Obviously, Kenny Clark is good. Right. But he's I mean, you're talking about a defensive tackle, you know, and you saw last week like Aaron Donald is much better. And you can only it's. It's actually it scares me more like Aiden Hutchinson the following week. This makes me more nervous than a defensive tackle does because you can scheme, yep. get you can run the ball different, just get away from him. Like Aiden Hutchinson, they're just going to be passing downs where it's like he's going to be over Colton McKivitz. And more than likely, you're going to have to leave George and limit his just to, you know, because I saw Matt Stafford last week getting fucking destroyed. Now, the Niners are better than the Rams when they're playing their starters. But, like, if he's getting hit like Brock Purdy, like, if Brock Purdy's getting hit like Stafford, like, like I could see him getting the stinger again, right? I mean, hell, Sta- I, I thought point. Stafford got KO'd. I, I thought he got knocked out of the game. Jeez, and then he kind of comes back out of the tent like that this. That replay, he, he's ball, like, and he, and he does this, and he's like, oh, it's like, Jesus. That guy is just. I think you could put him behind a brick wall and he'd find a way to, like, get a a spleen puncture or something. It's incredible. He did on the one where he gets hit kind of late or he gets hit normal. And then he's falling and the other guy gives him one of these into his head and he's on the ground like this. Yeah. That's the one where his eyes were just like, yeah. Cause then they, then he comes back out the next possession and they stop play. And I'm like, Oh, the medical examiner is about to say like, go check him. That's what I thought was happening. And it turned out they were checking to see if Puka Nakua had been checked for a concussion. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you know how they let fouls go in the NBA in the playoffs, a little more physical, same thing with concussions in the playoffs on quarterbacks. Yeah. On quarterbacks. Uh, Iceman super chat says, I saw the Steve young Brock Purdy interview. 
he's big on faith, and if football doesn't do well, he seems to be okay with that. Any concerns that he's not a football junkie? Uh, did you see any, see any? Steve Young did a sit down with uh, Brock. I, I just saw the clip about his like uh, his mindset of not getting too high, not getting too low. Yeah. Like a minute. Um, I didn't know I, that's not a that's a forty nine er broadcast. I think it, yeah, production. I think it was like a yeah, it, uh, um, I think it was like a in the forty nine ers studios type gotcha, deal because gotcha. Steve had to. I think Steve had to be there to record the hype video. Uh, he did the voiceover for the Niners, uh, you know, hype video. It's in moments like these. Um, and, you know, I think Steve's kind of the perfect guy to talk to, to ask, you know, because of Steve, because Steve is religious. It's, I think it's a really interesting person to have interview Brock. I heard some clips of it and um, no, I'm not. Uh, there's no concern that he's not a football junkie, but I think maybe that question's coming from religion is not a big part of my life. It's a massive part of a lot of people in the NFL. Like It's very big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think sure the thing that went viral about CJ Stroud, you know, opens up his after he wins about his Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. And then like CBS News replayed it and they cut that out. Like obviously, you know, the powers that be get uncomfortable with it. Uh could be, or they could have edited it or they could have edited it for time, like most of the I am not religious. No, I think I mean I I think it's fair. It was a live live interview, which they then clipped down. Well, they clipped the entire thing, they just cut the open. Yeah, but I think things get edited for content all the time. Like, I want someone to stick on this video past two seconds. Like, how do I make sure they stick on this video past two seconds? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a. I would agree thing. with you, but I think we have enough examples. Again, I'm not support. Like, I, I'm not a churchgoer, but I think it's pretty clear where the people stand on the church going. You know, in I'm not trying to get in some deep media. No, I know. I'm just saying. I I think everyone goes that direction, and it's like. Every single clip that ends up on the internet gets edited for we want people to stay on this video past a second and a half. Every single one. Yeah. If they don't do it, they're doing it wrong. Yeah. He just CJ Stroud, who's the apple of everyone's eyes, really, you know, all these guys are. You know, like you go to church on Sunday morning, like before a game, like the service that the guy around the team, it's usually packed. Well, what like are some of these for? guys? Um God in football. football. Yeah, got him football, John. Kurt Warner. You could argue if they want clicks, they should have left it in because a lot of people would love it. I, right? I'm going to go out on a limb saying they did it on purpose. Less about well, the clip getting. I, that's what seems to be what most people think on the internet. Yeah, like I that. Like I, I, I that's what it's like. Seems to be the what most people think about it. Um, but as it relates to Brock, like I don't. It's a positive for him. It's a real positive. I. I'd be curious. I don't know. I didn't hear the whole interview. My, my question for Brock would be like, Brock, if you were not religious, would you be this person that you are, right? That is like handling all of this adversity and all this pressure and all this stuff. I would guarantee that his answer would be no. If if it wasn't for God in my life, I would not be this way. Um, and, you know, I, I heard Steve Young talking about it because he said, if you said to Brock or maybe somebody else made it. Is, maybe Isn't Steve pretty religious? Well, yeah, that's, that's why he's a perfect person, I think, to kind of – like help people understand, like, you know, one thing he said was Steve said later, cause he was talking to Tolbert about it. He's like, if you told Brock, if Brock said, uh, you know, God sent me a message to go do something else. I don't know if Brock would go do that thing right now, like go whatever, start a different business, but right now that's how Brock feels. And you have to respect that. That is how he feels, right? That if God said, go do something else, Brock would go, Brock believed he would go do that other thing. 
that doesn't mean he's not a football junkie. He believes he's in this position for a reason, right? That's what Brock, Brock believes he's right here right now because that is what God intends for him and has planned for him. And um, I think it's the opposite of like him not being a football junkie because of it. I think it creates this incredible conviction for him and this belief in himself and this belief that this is the position that he's in. Um, I think it's really cool. Like I, it's, I think it's a big part of why he is able to handle being the 49ers quarterback, not the opposite of that. Remember Grant Desme? It sounds, uh, yeah. Cal Poly guy, unreal home run hitter gets drafted by the A's. Oh, like only the remember. Round, yeah. You've told and me. And is wrong. on the yeah. fast path, uh, fast path oh. to the big leagues. Like this guy was headed to the big leagues, you know, like 22 just retires, becomes a priest. I mean, this guy was legit. Well, so he was, he, he had not, his, his baseball career had not like stalled out. Uh, in 2009, Desme had an extraordinary season. He had a combined 288 with 31 doubles, six triples, 31 home runs, and stole uh, 40 bases in Class A. He got advanced to Double A. I mean, he was on the fast track. He was fucking dominating. Wow. And and what happened? Like he just. This is quote. I was doing well at baseball, but I really had to get down to the bottom of. I really had to get down to the bottom of things. I love the game, but I aspire to higher things. I wasn't at peace with where I was at. Hmm. I have no regrets on Grand Desmond becoming a priest. I wonder if he'd been a starting quarterback in the NFL if it would have been different. Because you can, I'm not being sarcastic. Like when you're the starting quarterback of the Cowboys or the 49ers or the Texans or whoever, like you can impact a lot of lives, right? I think baseball, you probably feel like you're a golfer or something, like a lot of just by myself, individual. You're just pretty hollow. I, I think the football thing, you have a huge impact on on a lot of people, on a community, on a fan base, on an organization. I mean, seriously, you, you do. On a country, I remember Carson John, Palmer told me, Carson Palmer said the thing that he misses most about being in the NFL yeah. was every single day walking in that building knowing every single person, player, coach, trainer, you name it, is looking at you. And that mm. pressure of leading the group, and the standard in which you have to hold yourself to and everyone else is, you know, just in the tone of your voice, you know, just their kids want to talk. It's just, it's a lot of pressure. It's hard. You got to have, a, I mean, it overwhelms a lot of people. Like I, I think one, one good example is Baker Mayfield. If you watched his interview with Lisa Salters at the end of that game, you know what I saw? A normal guy that just like most people just matured from 23 years old to 28. Like he's clearly grown up a little bit, yeah. right? Not not everyone is able to be as mature as Brock Purdy, right? right? Not everyone has, you know, was Mahomes super mature or was he super talented and had Andy on his ass, you know? And, and now you see a grown-up version, but it's just like he got a perfect... Some guys, you know, Baker was like a little immature in Cleveland. Things can get weird. Like Jalen. Jalen is super mature. Like I saw this video, someone forwarded it to me like, of course this failed last year. There was a moment of like Sirianni might've been in the Super Bowl. Like there was a flag and he like did one of these. He's like, and Jalen like kind of hits his hand. Like, fuck, bro, calm down. <laughs> Honestly, J- J- Jalen probably needs someone more like a more serious guy to get the most out of him. 
right? He's just around the wrong guy. He'd be better off with like a Vrabel or just. Well, Jalen's more serious than his quarterback. That that should never happen. Your quarterback should never be more serious than the coach. I know. It's a problem. Major problem. And the coach can't help him. That's the other problem. I, I think one of Brock's, why he's able to, and I think this is a Drew Brees thing too, Brock Purdy, if we just if you just look at the quarterbacks, I did this the other day. Eight guys are left, right? Seven of them are first rounders. And several of them are high picks, right? Baker Goff, one overall. Mahomes, 10 or 12 or whatever number he went. Josh Allen, seven. Lamar, one of the weirdest picks of all time. If you did that draft over, it's obviously Josh and Lamar, one, two. Like 1A, 1B. He went 32, and C.J. Stroud went two. And then you look at this game, like one guy was a first-round pick. It's crazy. Like it doesn't feel like that, but he he was just because there's so much time removed from when he first got drafted and played. He kind of was MIA. And the other guy is picked 262. (laughs) Like the only way to make it, like part of whenever you watch those, which we all were inundated with for years, like all the Brady stuff, it's like, his drive and how serious it was and how bad he wanted it and how little he was fucking around was just like insane. Like if you don't have the margin, like ultimately CJ, if CJ Stroud, if it turns out his like he was immature and didn't work yeah. that hard, like he still would have started and played and hell, he might have been fine his rookie year. Obviously, he's really high level guy, but like Brock had no margin for error without showing up operating like a 32 year old Phillip Rivers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> YouTube last night suggested to me a Gronk clip from the Kelsey podcast like last year. And he's they asked him, Jason asked him like what was Tom like, you know? And he's like, he's like, uh, it was he's like, I was like, this guy's he's such an asshole. Like, why is he he's not my friend? He's like a coach, you know, like he was mean. He was mean to me. He was mean to everybody. And um, you know, he was just serious. He was really serious. Imagine Gronk like Gronk would have been on on a lot of other teams a super like still a superstar right because he's a physical freak and he plays really hard. But with Tom, I think people just assume he goes to play with Tom and Tom just throws this big this big guy the ball and it works. But imagine how much more mature he had Gronk. Imagine well, I remember, how much more he had I remember hearing he had Gronk say that as he got older, he used to tell Tom like you can't be so hard on these first-year guys. They don't even understand. It's like you're speaking Chinese to them. Yeah, so when you're screaming at them, it's like overwhelming. But in fairness to Tom and Peyton, like you watch the Jordan documentary, like you're just, that's, yeah. it ain't changing. <laughs> uh, super chat from Charlie says, Spanos is finally going to pay for a coach, John. Thank you for all you and others do for bullying the charge into higher Harbaugh. You deserve a statue. Yeah. I Are they? Are they going to do it? I mean, if he accepts, I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's got a major offer. I, I will give them credit for this. They finally at least acknowledged, like, this is our only option. If we don't go, you know, we cannot afford to go cheap again. Now, it's decades late, but I mean, wouldn't it have been nice for Philip Rivers to get a John Harbaugh? Whenever, whenever they fired Marty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Like they, this is they've had a real like a guy that's a head coach, you know. Anthony right. Lynn, great guy. He's, he's like a number three, right? <laughs> you know, uh, Mike McCoy, quarterback coach, not even a number two. Brandon Staley, a DC, 
Mm-hmm. Can you imagine when some team is like, when all these coaches get hired and someone's, or, or I, Joe Barry gets fired, it's like, so-and-so has announced Brandon Staley is their new DC, that fan base. It's going to say. I mean, it could be. I, I think a lot of people think it's going to be the Packers. Oh, I read today Joe Barry might be earning his job back. What if he gives up 50? I think it's. To me, it's one of these like you win this game, he probably he immediately keeps his job, right? Okay, if they win this game, it would feel like one of the biggest upsets in NFL history. It would feel like that right now. Yeah, I agree. I would imagine in honestly in NFL history, obviously we've had bigger upsets in the regular season when you have these like 15, 20 point underdogs they've won in the history of the league. I can't imagine I, I have to do some Googling. Has a double-digit underdog ever won a playoff game? I'm sure it's happened, but it's probably happened less than two or three times max in the history of the league. It would feel like in my lifetime. I I do think like everyone's like, why are we still talking about the Cowboys? Well, we witnessed and the Cowboys is one of the most jarring things I've ever witnessed, just because of the way it looked. Not necessarily quote unquote an upset. I mean, it was an upset, but it's like an understandable upset. This would be insanity. All right. So since 2000, there have been 25 double-digit spreads in NFL playoff games. The largest spread was Patriots, minus 16 over the Texans and 16. They covered uh, AFC, New England. I'm just trying to see if somebody. New England plus 10 beat Pittsburgh, 2001. 19, AFC Divisional Tennessee was plus 10 when they beat Baltimore. I would say the New England Brady Belichick plus 10 aged pretty well. That's incredible yep, value. Yep. That's like getting Tesla at like two oh, bucks. Seattle plus 10 beat New Orleans in 2010 in the NFC wildcard. Was that the, the under 500 team at home? Seattle oh, was at yeah, home. The, the Quake Rumble. Yeah, it's weird though, right? Home game. Uh, Arizona plus 10, Carolina 08, Super Bowl, Giants, Pats. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's happened. Yeah, but and I mean, it's, it's happened. They're all historic. Are they pretty historic, all these moments? They're all historic. I mean, one, two. Yeah. I mean, I would say they're all really memorable. Like you remember almost all these. Do you remember Chargers Colts 2007? Chargers plus 11 beat Indy. I mean, it would have been a Peyton choke job probably is what it felt like at the time. Would be my guess. I think that was when Phillip Rivers tours ACL. And then they played the Patriots in the AFC championship. And that was the undefeated Patriot team. And they actually gave them all they could handle. If memory serves me correct. Yeah. The, the Colts had won the Super Bowl the year before. Peyton actually sneaky had a lot of letdown moments. Sneaky. Coming. <laughs> I remember I remember like living, you know, if you remember it, like it was the whole thing was Peyton. Peyton's a choker. People thought Peyton was a choker. Guy, he was the defending Super Bowl champ and he lost a fucking game as an 11 point favorite. Was that game in Indy? It, well, it had to have been, right? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? The only way those games are... I get if I'm Tom Brady. Like, I get we're synonymous with each other. But at least, like, Larry and Magic, like, I won three, he won five. I won more MVPs than him. We're we're kind of viewed as equals. If I'm Tom, like, our names are synonymous with each other, but our resume sure as hell aren't. Well, it's the further away you get from it, the harder it is to remember. But at the time, they were neck and neck, and then Peyton... I mean, then Peyton was... the, The way it became was that Tom tortured Peyton. Like, that's what it became, right? Like Tom is his torturer, but and then as time Bill, goes on, Bill, and Bill, Bill punked him. 
That's right. But then time goes on, and he's on ESPN all the time. And, and he won. I mean, he he did. He got his championship. I think when you really look, he got to four Super Bowls and won two. Feels a little letdowny. Well, it does. For in a weird way, I would say him and Rogers for their greatness. And you, if you wanted to argue, you know, separating the '80s guys, obviously of the last twenty-five years, it's Brady, Manning, and Rogers. And one guy was just going to nine, and you just felt like he was going to win every time. And these other guys, you just never felt confident they were going to win the big game. Even when you did feel confident, then when it started to shift when you were watching it, you're like, of course. Fucking of course Green Bay is going to win this or lose this game. Not a soul, not even us, thought the 49ers were going into Green Bay. And then you're watching it, you're like, fuck. Something's always off with Aaron, you know? Always. All right, we got to go, but one more super chat. I remember you adding, uh, recommending Tito's and Arnold Palmer tea uh, to Arnold Palmer tea, my go-to game day drink to calm my nerves. Any concerns about the weather? What's the weather like? The latest forecast. I think it's supposed to rain. Uh, Yeah, it's supposed to rain. 60 degrees and rainy. (laughs) These guys are in Green Bay where it's like negative 10. That's that's an upgrade. They, they probably practiced in that this week, right? They, don't, they have a tent. They, they got to have a dome, a little like yeah, yeah, inflatable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then inflatable. They have a dome. So they're, they're ready for it then. So you should maybe a little concerned for the Niners about it because those guys might be more ready for the weather because it's not, it hasn't been raining this week for the Niners, but it's, you know, chilly. Grass is brown on the practice field. All right. <laughs> We're so, I mean, 60 degrees is chilly. I mean, yeah, these guys, look, look around the NFL. I got out there. I saw the headline. McDermott was like, we're ready for anything. Cause it's like the weather kind of keeps changing between like 10, negative three, snowstorm, sleet. I know. I went out there in a vest yesterday. Yeah, I got a little warm. Sun's on me. Well, even when you see the picture of the players, like it's not very cold. (laughs) I know. I know. All right. Uh, time to roll. I uh, I recorded an interview with our boy Cam Inman. That's going to come up on the YouTube uh, a little later today, uh, a little later uh, Thursday. So uh, check that out. And uh, anything Cal else? Poly. You got anything else? No. no. All right. Thanks, everybody. Later. later. Have a great day. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.